Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host, Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. Welcome back to Third Eye with Lorelai. Yet another episode. Thanks for coming back and visiting again with me this week. I have to start off by saying that I do not have my guest with me. So I'm really sorry. I know that that was a really hyping that one up last week. You know, life happens and it's really uncertain times right now. And we just kind of have to go with it. You know, the universe is always going to throw some curveballs every now and again. And we just kind of have to go... All right, it is what it is. So here we are. (laughs) Anyhow, it's been beautiful, and I really hope that all of you have been able to get outside and enjoy the beautiful spring weather. Enjoy some sunshine, get a little bit of vitamin D. And why don't we talk about some crystals? So anyhow, what I have for you this week is Tiger's Eye and Apache Tears. So Tiger's Eye, I looked that one up in my Crystals for Beginners book by Karen Frazier. And what she says about Tiger's Eye is that Tiger's Eye is called so because of its resemblance to its namesake. Tiger's Eye is most commonly known as a yellow-brown stone. However, there are also blue Tiger's Eye and red Tiger's Eye. It is a manifestation stone and it can help you when struggling with issues of self. Its origin is Brazil, Canada, India, and South Africa. It comes in shapes of natural, tumbled, polished, carved, and cut. It absorbs energy. It comes in colors of blue, red, and yellow. The chakras that it mostly deals with are the red or root chakra, the yellow or solar plexus, and the blue throat chakra. To place tiger's eye, you want to put it on or near the appropriate chakra as a necklace or bracelet. Tiger's eye helps with self-expression, self-worth, self-esteem, self-definition, self-love, self-concept, self-criticism, and manifesting goals. Tiger's eye works great with citrine, and some usage tips for it are avoid working with unpolished tiger's eye, which contains asbestos. Polished tiger's eye removes any threat from asbestos, but for safety, wash your hands after handling it. So that's what Karen Frazier has to say about tiger's eye. And now we're going to move on to the Crystal Bible by Judy Hall. And this is what she says. Tiger's eye comes in brown, yellow, pink, blue, and red. Its appearance is banded, slightly shiny, and often small and tumbled. It is very easily obtained, so you'll be able to access it pretty easily from your local crystal shop or online. It comes from the United States, Mexico, India, Australia, and South Africa. Tigersite combines the earth energy with the energies of the sun to create a high vibrational state that is nevertheless grounded, drawing the spiritual energies to earth. 
Placed on the third eye, it enhances psychic abilities in earthly people and balances the lower chakras, stimulating the rise of kundalini energy. Tiger's eye is a protective stone that was traditionally carried as a talisman against ill-wishing and curses. So I want to caveat this really quick. So just a very rough definition, and this is just coming off the top of my head just because I kind of know what kundalini energy is. What it is, is a awakening of all of your chakras and it looks like a snake. And it's a very powerful energy that combines all the forces of your energy body. So all of your chakras and it sort of just connects everything from the earth to the divine. And it's like a really over, overwhelmingly powerful experience. And it can be challenging to learn how to access it, but you can do it especially if you meditate pretty frequently, you put that intention out there and you start focusing. I know that there's a lot of yoga poses that you can do for kundalini energy activation. I will actually have an entire podcast on kundalini energy at some point, so we will talk about that very soon. Moving on, so about tiger's eye. It shows the correct use of power and brings out integrity. It assists in accomplishing goals, recognizing inner resources, and promoting clarity of intention. Placed on the navel chakra or the solar plexus, tiger's eye is excellent for people who are spaced out or uncommitted. It grounds and facilitates manifestation of the will. Tiger's eye anchors change into the physical body. This stone is useful for recognizing both your needs and those of other people. It differentiates between wishful thinking about what you want and what you really need. Mentally, tiger's eye integrates the hemispheres of the brain and enhances practical perception. It aids in collecting scattered information to make a coherent whole. It is helpful for resolving dilemmas and internal conflicts, especially those brought about by pride and willfulness. Tiger's eye is particularly useful for healing mental dis-ease and personality disorders. Psychologically, tiger's eye heals issues of self-worth, self-criticism, and blocked creativity. It aids in recognizing one's talents and abilities, and conversely, faults that need to be overcome. It supports an addictive personality in making changes. Emotionally, tiger's eye balances yin-yang and energizes the emotional body. It alleviates depression and lifts the mood. For healing, tiger's eye treats the eyes and aids night visions, heals the throat and reproductive organs, and dissolves constrictions. It is helpful for repairing broken bones. To position where on the right arm or as a pendant for short periods, Position on the body as appropriate in healing, place on the navel or the solar plexus chakra for spiritual grounding. So there are specific colors that tiger's eye comes in and with that comes certain attributes. So blue tiger's eye is calming and releases stress. It aids in over-anxious, quick-tempered, and phobic individuals. In healing, Blue tiger's eye slows the metabolism, cools an overactive sex drive, and dissolves sexual frustration. Gold tiger's eye aids in paying attention to detail and warning against complacency. Or warring. Warring against complacency. Sorry, handwriting is not up to snuff today. (laughs) It assists in taking action from a place of reason rather than emotion. 
Gold Tiger's Eye is an excellent companion for tests and important meetings. Red Tiger's Eye is a stimulating stone that overcomes lethargy and provides motivation. In healing, it speeds up a slow metabolism and increases a low sex drive. So quite the opposite of Blue Tiger's Eye. The specific form that it comes in is that in addition to the generic properties, a type of tiger's eye has the following properties. So this is a type of tiger's eye, not actually a different color. So this is hawk's eye. The additional properties that hawk's eye has and what it looks like is it's a banded hawk eye-like form of tiger's eye. Hawk's eye is an excellent stone for healing the earth's energy and for grounding energy. Soaring above the world, hawk's eye aids vision and insight and increases psychic abilities such as clairvoyance. Hawk's eye clears and energizes the base chakra. Placed in the wealth corner of the room, the southeast corner or upper left corner, hawk's eye attracts abundance. Hawk's eye is particularly good for dissolving restrictive and negative thought patterns and ingrained behavior. It brings issues into perspective, ameliorates pessimism, and the desire to blame others for problems of your own making. This stone will also bring to the surface locked-in emotions and dis-ease from the present or past lives. Placed on the third eye, hawk's eye aids in traveling back to the source of an emotional blockage, whenever that may be, or whatever that, whenever that might be. For healing, hawk's eye improves the circulatory system, bowels, and legs. It can bring to the surface the psychosomatic reasons behind a frozen shoulder or stiff neck. To position, hold, or place on any appropriate spot. Okay, so that is tiger's eye in a nutshell. And so now we're going to talk about Apache tears. And I want to caveat this one that I, since this whole COVID-19 thing started and since we've had a lot of instances of grief, I thought that this one would be a really good one for those of you that may be suffering out there and need a little extra help with some issues with grief and letting go. And this is precisely what Apache tears are helpful for. So I'll start from the Crystals for Beginners by Karen Frazier and what she says here. Apache tears are obsidian stones in a rounded or oval shape. They aren't technically crystals, but rather a form of volcanic glass. However, they do have healing properties, particularly for people who are grieving. It originates all over the world. It's amorphous. It comes in natural or oval or round shapes. It absorbs energy. It comes in colors of dark gray to black. It associates with the root chakra. For placement, you want to put it in your pocket when dealing with negative emotions as a worry stone in your giving or dominant hand. Oh, that's another thing to note. So your two hands represent different types of energy giving and getting. So so your non-dominant hand is your receiving hand. So for me, since I'm right-handed, my receiving hand would be my left and your giving hand is your dominant hand. And when I say giving and getting, that's all associated with energy. So especially when you're meditating, it's good for you to hold a stone in which you want to receive certain types of energy. And in your other hand, your your dominant hand, you're gonna want to give out the energy that you're trying to release. So maybe something black or even clearing like a clear quartz or selenite or black obsidian or Apache tears like we're talking about. 
So anyhow, you wanna place Apache Tears in your giving or dominant hand. Apache Tears helps with grief, emotional healing, recovery from dark or sad emotions. It works well with rose quartz. When dealing with the death of a loved one, carry Apache Tears with you and use them as a worry stone when grief threatens to overwhelm you. So that's what Karen Frazier has to say about Apache Tears. Now let's see what Miss Judy Hall has to say from the Crystal Bible book. So it comes in colors of black. Its appearance is small, often smooth and water-worn. It can be translucent when held to the light. It's very common, so you can find it in a local crystal shop or online. It comes from the United States. Apache Tears is a form of black obsidian, but it is much gentler in its effect. It still brings up negativity, but does so slowly so that it can be transmuted. An Apache Tear is excellent for absorbing negative energy and for protecting the aura. It grounds and cleanses the earth chakra. Apache Tear is so named because it is believed to shed tears in the times of sorrow. It comforts grief, provides insight into the source of distress, and relieves long-held grievances. This stone stimulates analytical capabilities and promotes forgiveness. An Apache Tear will remove self-limitations and increase spontaneity. For healing, it enhances assimilation of vitamin C and D, removes toxins from the body, and calms muscle spasms. So actually, for positioning, it says here that if you're a man, you want to place Apache Tears on your abdomen. And if you're a woman, you want to place it at the breasts. And that's pretty much it for the crystals. That's so short. (laughs) I feel like I've been going into the crystals into like the 20 minute realm, but we are before that. So that's awesome. So on to the quote of the week. And this is by Wayne Dyer. Our intention creates our reality. So moving along, now we're going to talk about twin flame relationships and soulmates. So recently I had gotten into this concept of what twin flames are and what the difference is between a twin flame relationship and a soulmate. And there's actually a really big difference. And I found this really great chart online and it kind of gives a detailed example about the difference between soulmates and twin flames. So just as a very brief introduction, so a twin flame basically is one soul that's split into two different bodies. Now, I've read a lot of different information and all of it is very... Nothing is really clear cut, it seems. It's sort of like people find their twin flames in physical form on this earth. When I've come into contact with a lot of people that have their twin flame that has already passed on or is in a different realm of existence. So it's in, their, their twin is in spiritual form and they're making a connection with them in their physical body, which I imagine is kind of painful in a way because you can't actually physically touch them you can experience them energetically but I can imagine that could be incredibly frustrating and really hard but anyhow twin flames that was like the most clear-cut definition that I could find is is one soul split into two now if you're a Harry Potter fan are you geeking out right now because I kind of geeked out a little bit I'm just like it's a horcrux (laughs) 
I, I don't know how many people you're eyeball rolling me right now, but it's fine. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. I can't help it. It's such a good book. They're so good. <laughs> anyway, so twin flames, one soul split into two. So the difference here, so I pulled this up off of Google, and this is written by Cassidy Kane and TwinFlame1111.com. That was a really small print on the bottom too. Man, didn't think I was getting old yet, but you know, whatever. Okay, so for soulmates, what she says here is, we have many different soulmates. We often meet more than one soulmate in a lifetime, but they are not always romantic partners. Soulmates share a similar energetic frequency to us, you could call them our soul family. Consider them anything from close energetic relatives, like sisters and brothers, to cousins and distant cousins, depending on how close your frequencies are. Soulmate relationships and friendships are often challenging, but close. We sign up to meet in life to help each other evolve. There is always something to be learned from a soulmate connection. Now, I want to kind of explain that a little bit because it talks about we sign up to meet in life and I believe what she means by that is before we come into our body before our soul comes from whatever realm this higher realm and and comes into this body we make these contracts we make these what we sign up for 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 our ascension process for us to basically level up, if you will, if you play video games. I'm sure all of us has played some sort of game in our lifetime. <laughs> so you're going to be leveling up. How you ascend to a higher vibration and higher purpose is you, you fulfill those contracts and you make those contracts before you come to your body. So that's what they're talking about with we sign up to meet in life to help each other evolve. So Sometimes we make these these soul contracts with other people, people that maybe are our family and we we have to find them or they are already born into our family, but we have to have this certain connection or do, do certain things in order to ascend, whatever it may be. I hope that that's clear to you guys and I'm not sounding absolutely crazy. <laughs> but anyway, so moving forward, there's always something to be learned from a soulmate connection. Many twin flames encounter soulmates prior to coming together with their divine counterpart. To evolve and learn lessons, getting a chance to resolve important karma before meeting their twin flame for ascension and union. These encounters can be with so-called false twins, someone who is very similar to your twin in important ways, or karmic twins, souls who have had similar important karma to resolve as you. These relationships have a specific purpose of healing wounds and getting over limitations. Soulmates can be either romantic partners, family members, or friends. They can come into our lives for a brief period or be lifelong companions. There are a variety of different soulmate roles. And this is all very intuitive. I mean, I, I think you guys have probably gathered that from <laughs> the podcast that pretty much everything is based on energy and intuition. So. If you feel like you may have a certain person in your life, you may already be thinking of them right now, that maybe this person is a soulmate or somebody who is a friend that, you know, it's more of a platonic sort of thing. I have lots of those. I can think of one in particular, my best friend. She, I know I've had probably a lot of past lives with her, but we always call each other our kindred spirits because we're very kindred and we have a very strong connection. And I think that 
probably majority of you have something similar to that. So for twin flames, what she says is we only have one twin flame or twin soul, our true energetic counterpart. Your twin flame is the only other being in the universe. You share the exact same core soul frequency as you, also known as the twin flame soul song. You and your twin flame are two aspects of the same original energy consciousness. Twins are therefore often called one soul in two bodies. Even though you and your twin flame might seem different on the outside, underneath all the patterns and personality traits you've taken on in this life, you still share an identical soul identity deep down. The twin flame connection can seem challenging, but for a different reason than soulmate connections. When twins meet, a process of purification called twin flame ascension is triggered and challenges arise from the negativity being brought up for cleansing. Once your energies are purified, uplifted, and in alignment, balanced and in harmony, difficulties will subside. You can speed up this process using energy tools. Twin flame souls come to earth with the goal of coming together as the unified energy they once were, joining together in twin flame union from a place of unconditional love. Now, when I was reading a little bit more about that, I, I thought this one was the most clear cut in my opinion, because I I personally really like it when things are very clear in their explanation. I, I don't like to have to read through it and then define a whole bunch of stuff, you know, because I'm very new to this whole process. So I kind of want to know from a very like beginner standpoint of what all of this means, because it can get very convoluted <laughs> very quickly. So I hope that that was a very clear understanding. So like I was saying before, twin flames, they come as a one thing and then they're split into two. And it seems like there's a lot of people, or at least in a lot of the explanations I've been finding, that there's a lot of people that are in physical form and they're in a twin flame relationship, which seems like so miraculous to me because I feel like the possibilities are, I mean, with the amount of people and the amount of souls that are in existence, and it's like the fact that they've all chosen to come to Earth and then be on the same plane together, it, you know, it's it's amazing to think, the process anyway, that they're coming together in the same time frame, and this it's just amazing. I kind of feel like the possibility of having a twin flame, but one being in a spirit body and one being in a physical body is a higher likelihood in a way, because I feel like one in the spirit form is able to assist the one in the physical form a bit easier. Because when I feel like when one soul is in a physical body and another soul is in a physical body, you have to really deal with a lot of the earth-bound details so and again this is where things get convoluted we start talking about the like being in 3d and then moving up to 5d and i probably lost some of you already <laughs> so anyhow let's just let's just hold on to the fact that it's probably more likely to have one twin be in a physical body and the other piece of your soul, the other twin being in 
a spirit body. At least that is my interpretation of it. Although I am seeing a lot of information that twin flames are in physical bodies. Maybe that's just because it absolutely can happen. And it is. I mean, I, I have a family member that's in a twin flame relationship and it's such a beautiful thing and I love them dearly. <laughs> it's just absolutely amazing. And they are truly miraculous people. So anyway, I digress. If you're in this twin flame relationship, I, I feel like there is this, how you know that you're in one is, is it's a little bit stronger in the pull towards the other person. And even when this twin counterpart is in spiritual body, once you are awake to all of this energy work and you're awake to, you know, you're, you're lighting up your chakras, you're connecting to the earth, you're connecting to the higher realms and, you know, this divine, the concept of God and things that are higher than ourselves, you start to sense more energy around you and maybe energy that isn't quite your own. And even when you aren't awake, you can feel those things. But when you are, it is tenfold. You can feel it so much easier. And when it's your a soul connection and on that magnitude, on that level, it's it, it can be very overwhelming, to say the least. So when you have a twin flame that is near or you know comes into your life. It, it almost feels like you have this sense of completion, like you never knew that there was a piece that may have been missing, but now this this feeling of being whole is overwhelming. And I, I spoke to my my godparents about this because they're both very knowledgeable about all this because they're in a twin flame relationship. My godmother is on a on the spirit side, and my godfather is in the physical side. And one of the things that they talk about is being blissed out and being so happy that they're finally connected and in one form, but it can be so vastly overwhelming because, you know, once you've become two different people, your soul's the same, you're still two different people, you learn all these different things in a different way, but your soul still has that incredible connection. So coming together can be so overwhelming and blissful and uh my godfather was telling me you need to put a governor on a lot of that and hopefully some of you know what that is so a governor is basically you know putting a like a cap or a ceiling on where your emotions are going you know so that way you don't go way too far so it's a boundary a spiritual energetic boundary if you will anyhow so and a soulmate Obviously, you can have many connections with many different people and having this sense of being in love with somebody or you have this incredible draw to another person, but it's not on the level that would be like a twin flame. Of course, how would you know if you don't know the twin flame? But with a connection of the soul and being able to just know somebody even though you're just meeting them i've had lots of instances like that and i'm sure a lot of you have too when you first meet them you just have this sense of i know you from somewhere and it's probably because you have known them for a very long time at least your soul does and that's what your soul is telling you is that there's a recognition there 
and it'll be amazing to find out if you're able to tap into that where maybe some of that recognition came from and where maybe you and this other person came from and build on those connections because even just having a, a soul mate or you know that's a friend who's platonic or somebody who is romantically involved with you how you can help each other grow in, on a spiritual level can be so incredibly meaningful and it's the same for twin flames obviously because you're becoming one complete soul again as opposed to two separate anyhow that is pretty much the gist of soulmates and twin flames and i know that that's a very rough and very brief example of what they are and i know that i could probably talk for a really long time about it and i can't wait to maybe talk to more people who are in these relationships and hopefully get them on this show because i think that it would be fascinating to get some answers from somebody who's actually in a twin flame relationship because that's got to be one of the coolest experiences and probably one of the more harder experiences i imagine especially for one that has a twin that's on the spiritual side or on the spiritual realm as opposed to being in the physical realm with us so at any rate that is pretty much it for this week i hope that you guys loved what i was talking about or at least liked it you know whatever <laughs> so I hope that you guys are staying safe and staying very healthy. Hopefully all this quarantine business will be lifted soon, but either way, I hope that you guys are finding the time to give back to yourselves and grow. And I know that it's really hard and it's hard to be away from family, but you can still connect. You can still be with them. You can still talk to them. You can still connect on an energetic level. And I can't wait to connect with you guys again next week. So to close out this episode, I wanted to play my singing bowl for you guys. And it's in a C note and it opens up your root chakra. Now I put different crystals in it to hopefully balance out the root and the crown because I put some amethyst, a Herkimer diamond and a clear quartz in there. So hopefully it opens up not only your root but also your crown chakra so i also have to caveat this with you do hear my sweet little four-year-old playing in the backyard <laughs> i had really no way of editing that out without ruining the sound of the singing bowl so hopefully you guys don't mind that too much hopefully it doesn't take you too much out of the the meditation but it's just a couple of minutes i thought maybe that would be really nice for you guys to experience that but anyway just that if you guys wouldn't mind just take a listen just right at the end because it's there for you so love and light to every single one of you out there i'll talk to you again soon
If you find yourself interested in receiving an intuitive tarot reading, contact me at 3rdeyelorelei at gmail.com or you can message me on my Instagram at 3rd.eye.with.lorelei or on Facebook at Third Eye with Lorelei Podcast to set up a reading. I can do Zoom or we can meet in person as long as we are wearing those face masks and practicing social distancing just to be safe. As always, love and light to you all, and I look forward to reading you soon.